Welcome to Sober Doc Coffee, a weekly coffee chat sharing experience, strength, and hope for anyone on the sober road to recovery. You can download Sober Doc Coffee weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at Sober Coffee Podcast and on Twitter at Sober Coffee Pod. To learn more about us and to help support these sessions, visit online at Sober Coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys on their own path to recovery, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. You know what's nice? It, it says in the intro there that we're two guys on our on our own path to recovery, right? But isn't it nice to know that there's a community of people out there that are on that same path? You know what? I think that is one of the secrets of success because I know when, when I was drinking and drinking and drinking, it was an alone game. Right. It, I was, it was an isolated, solo, by myself and I didn't want to see anybody. I don't want to connect with anybody because then I just look worse than I really felt because now somebody else knows how bad I am. And so I isolated, <laughs> and that was very dangerous. So to, to, the, the fact that there's somebody else on the path with me, mm-hmm. in fact, there's millions of the people of, on the path right, with yeah. me, I love it. I yeah. love how you put that. You know, it's, it's funny because when we started out, when I started out, uh, I was... I was party Mike, right? So there was no nothing isolated about me. I, I'm out there. I'm I'm getting a buzz. I'm having a good time. I want to be in the crowd. I want to be party Mike, right? And it's funny how quickly, in retrospect, it morphed from social silliness to solitude and isolation. It, it's amazing how the drug does that. So I think... I think you can say that for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. I think it always starts fun. I don't think anybody goes to their basement when they're 16 and says, you know what? I'm going to spend the weekend in the basement by myself in the darkness, and I stole my parents' booze. Mm -hmm. I think when you – oh, I think most people, if not all, I hate to use the word all, but I think most people start out, it's a party. Right. And I think that's one of the signs of crossing the line – is when, because I think when you start to isolate, I think your brain says that this is more important than anything else. Right. I, I'd rather just worship my bottle than have people, society, whatever is out there, bother me. Right. And you know, for the... For the or there's shame and embarrassment that's that right. I'm going to drink a handle. But that, but that's what brought us to this podcast was that darkness, right? But but I'm, I'm thinking there's probably people listening to us, maybe the sober curious that are like, well, I'm not that bad. I'm not, I'm not isolating. I'm still out there at the bars every Friday and Saturday night. I guess what I'm suggesting for me, there was a natural transition to where it came from you know, recreational to requirement. And, and at some point I crossed that line and I guess I'm speaking to that seeker, that sober curious and saying, you know, maybe it won't be your story, but maybe it will. Well, so to, to that point, is it okay to say, cause I'm getting some click in here in my brain, the coffee's kicking in. <laughs> is it okay to say that once you start drinking, you know, for, for most people, there's two paths. There's either the path where it gets progressively worse, and you can sit there today for the sober curious. You can sit there and, and you can analyze yourself out. 
Mm-hmm. Sure, you absolutely. Say, I still have a good job. Uh, I still make a myself. lot of money. I did it myself. Hey, yep. I went to the gym last week. Sure. Oh, what the fuck? It's not too bad. What, what I can say is if you're asking those questions and if you're mulling that out in your mind, I think, I think my opinion, non, non-medical, I have no degrees, my medical is if you are already processing that in your brain and you're trying to figure that out, You've crossed the line. Right. Or, or I shouldn't say you crossed the or line. you're about to. You're on the path. You're on the path, right. You're, or you're on the path of it getting progressively worse. Right. And, 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 and I have proven personally, you have, and thousands of other stories that I've heard, it gets progressively right. worse. It's almost guaranteed. Right. And I'm sponsoring a guy right now, and he's... It's not so bad for him. Still has a good job. He's had some incidents. He's navigated around those incidents. He's gotten out of them. He's gotten in hot water. And now he's in lukewarm water. Back in hot water. And now he's in you know sitting on the lounge chair, right? But I'm telling and, and and he's sitting there and I I just see him. I have a better view of where he's at on the path, you know. And and I. I can't, there's nothing I can say to prevent. No. You know, I'm just I just share, nothing anyone could have said to right? me. There's I'm just sharing my story, right. and and he's actually said to me, "Well, I don't need to do all that because it's not that bad." I said, "Okay, right. just, just just wait." Right. And I've watched him go through progressively worse episodes. You know, so if you're sober, curious, and you're asking these questions, pay attention. Right. And look, there's a reason why your brain's going through. Well, that. there's also a reason why you're listening to this episode. You're 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 one of two people. You're either just stumbled upon us because you're curious, or you're on the path, and and we're just walking the path together and and building strength off of each other, right? So those are the two audiences that that are listening. So if you're listening, you know what we're talking about, and 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 you're cognizant of the fact that you know of the downfall, the dangers of of continuing down that nasty path. That's why people call it the yets. Yeah, right. right? Like, oh, I haven't lost my job yet. yet. Right. Yeah. So I do want to talk about the second yes. path. And, and the second path is the path to recovery. Right. You know, and there's no there's no shortcut. You know, I like to watch Everest, people that climb Everest. Mm-hmm. There's no shortcut. There is no shortcut. It is one step in front of the other. And so the way I've been taught is my recovery is progressive also. Mm-hmm. It gets better every single day. I have to keep doing, putting the next foot in front of the other, right. just like the people going to Everest. And and it's just, there's no shortcut. Right? <laughs> you, there's, so there's, there's no like trolley to, that brings you up no, to the top of Everest? Because I would like to get on that trolley. Forget it. Okay. Forget it. They can't even get helicopters up there because there's no oxygen. The only way to the top of Everest is one step at a time. Right. Love it. Love it. So what happens when you, what happens on that path? And that's kind of segue to our topic today. I mean, you know, once you, once you get a groove, cause I'm, I'm sure the, I'm sure the bottom of Everest and I've never climbed it just as a total disclaimer and transparency. I've never climbed Mount Everest, but, but I would think that the first steps are kind of the toughest because you're looking at an entire mountain you need to climb. And so those first steps are dogging your, you've got your equipment, you've got, right. But once you get a pace, do you think it, I don't know. I should have done some research, Mm -mm. but do you think it gets easier? No. Um, Because the elements get harder. Oh, okay. Interesting. So let me, 
I think this is a good metaphor, right? So first of all, I have researched, costs 100 grand to, and I will never climb Everest. I, I don't have that. I just don't have that in me. Never, I, never I, I say just, never. No, I, I can't say never. Okay. Um, I just don't have it in me. Um, but I have researched. So base camp. I have researched a hiking trip to base camp. And I, I have a buddy of mine, and I think it would be great for him and I to do this together. Um, he loves to hike. He loves fitness. He loves all that crap. He loves endurance. Tommy? Love, yep. He loves all that stuff. And and so I researched it. And, and there is a – it takes a two-week grueling hike to get to base camp. And base camp is on the bottom of the mountain? Yes. So you haven't even begun to – this is just getting <laughs> – this is this just, is to the entrance gate. Wow! Two week, and again, there's no hike. trolley because I would take the trolley. Well, okay, so they probably have helicopters that'll drop you off at base camp. Okay, they they have helicopters that, that go to base camp. Um, Let's call those rehab. Yeah, you know, so they, I'm telling you, it is an effort to get to base camp, but I hear it's life changing. So, right. so I researched it. And I think it's cool, right? But, but then. Um, you know, then you have all the tools and equipment, right? Right. But see, what what's what's harder about the difference between the path to Everest and the path to recovery is that when you go to Everest, every next step is harder mm. because of the elements. Okay. Right, and and all your preparation down at base camp you know, helps you attack those challenges. Elements such as wind, elements such as weather, elements such as lack of oxygen, the actual physical elements of the ice and crevasses and what you have to do, you know, get there. And 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 I think that's opposite in recovery. I think as you prepare and enter recovery, which is base camp, right, you know, rehab, I think as you enter that, I think if you surrender and if you get out of your head and get out of your ego because you think you know better, right. I think as you progress on the recovery path, the easier it gets. Mm-hmm. And I think you get some wind behind your back. You have built you know, some momentum. You've built some proof. You've seen some facts. You've been able to get through situations that you don't have to drink through anymore. You're actually getting some confidence back. You're building a team around you of some trusted, you know, brothers or sisters around you, right? So, so I think as you progress in re- my recovery today at roughly eight years is not as hard as it was the first year mm-hmm. because I've got a team. I've got tools. I've got, you know, surrender. I have found a higher power that I have a relationship with. I have, you know, practices and, you know, methods that I go through and, and I'm disciplined with those, you know. So it's my, so it's, I don't think, I don't think recovery path is the same as the Everest path. Let me, let me ask you this. That makes sense? This, this is a dumb question. And I have no idea what once our you, about. Once you hit the top of Mount Everest, how do you get down? So here's a fact. Yeah. There's more death coming down than there is going up. 
Okay, so you're walking down. Again, they don't copter you out of there. There's no, so, there's no choppers. Okay. There's no oxygen. You can't what, uh, well, oxygen's overrated, dude. Um, <laughs> there listen. are people that try to go top of so, uh, so, Everest with no oxygen. So I'm, I'm looking at this as, as the analogy to, to recovery. And once you've kind of got through the tough times, you got to the top, now you got to come down. But I love what you said. You've got the wind behind your back. You've got less supplies. You're, you're coming down. But what you said is more people die. So the point is, you know, I see that as like a relapse or, mm-hmm. or, or just a misstep. You're so focused maybe on the way up that on the way down, maybe you got a, you, a misstep or a, a miscalculation or, uh, right? I mean, so does that of, make sense? Part of the reason, there's two reasons why people, there's more death on the way down than going up. Why? <clears throat> One reason is the physical, right? Mm-hmm. The pe- people are just tapped out. Right. But the real reason, the the majority of the reason, again, I'm not an expert. I just right. watch it on TV. But but the real focus is people mentally, they think they got it. Yeah, right. There you go. They say, I've got it. I got the Polaroid. That's what I'm saying. They've yep. lost their edge. They, I've, I've got the Polaroid right. with my flag right. on top of Everest. What's a Polaroid? <laughs> yeah, half our audience won't even know. And, uh, yeah, you got the flag. You're, you're, yeah. and, and so you, you lose. You, you take your eye off the ball of safety. the intensity and focus. You know, and, and maybe that's hey, I got one year of sobriety. I don't need to go to all those meetings. Uh, I know. You right? know, I, I don't need to go to all those. I got three years sobriety. Right. I don't need to sponsor people. Uh, I'm busy. You know, mm. and and when in reality, like Everest, you have to focus more. Right. Right. Because. You know, there's things coming at you. And, and the worst thing in this program, the worst thing in this world, I think, is ego. The right. I've got this. Right. right. You know, and, and those people at Everest, they get the top. They're all proud. Their sponsors are proud. You know, they, I'm not sure if you can call people from Everest. I think people use satellite phones or whatever. Right. You know, and, and they celebrate and they come and they take their eye off the ball. Right. And they're like, oh, I've got this. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is, is that for for me, I perk up in a meeting when I hear the guy with four years, ding, 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 that's where I'm at, saying, I had four years and I went back out there. Man, my my whole body language changed. My yeah, ears my, perk up. And, still I, does and I want to be the best friend of that guy because, but his story is typically the same. And it's exactly what you said. They, they were, got complacent. That's the word I hear. They got complacent. They stopped working the program. You know, I would think that I should be able to go on muscle memory now. That's not my there case. There is no muscle memory. That's not my case. I need to keep working it. I need to keep working it. And like the guy coming down from Everest, I need to stay focused because I don't want to be that guy that dies. Yeah, so I'm I'm with you, man. When people are like, hey, I had 15 years and, and I relapsed, I'm like, what in the world? I mean, that scares me because oh, scares I, I can't afford me. a relapse. No. I, I just know. And, and man, Mikey, I wish I had a dollar. And I don't, I, I'm going to be a dick here. But I wish I had a dollar for everybody who says, oh, I, I wouldn't survive another relapse. Yeah, you know? Right. right. And then they relapse 14 more times. Yeah, right. You know, and, 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 and hey, you know what? I get it. I was a relapse king. You weren't. Mm-hmm. I was. <clears throat> you know, and, 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 I mean, I really don't believe... I, I don't know what would happen if I relapsed. I don't really put a lot of thought mm-hmm. into it. I think if I relapsed, 
I, I would hope that I would snap back immediately in my community and tools that I've built. I would just snap back and, and get right back into it and say, man, I'm... I'm well, you don't lose what you learned. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I hear that a lot about people there that, that, that relapse and, 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 and they want to soften a relapse. Right. You know, they're like, well, hey, it's okay that you relapsed. You know, it's just think of all you learned in those six months when you didn't drink, right? Nobody can take those sober days away from you. Yeah, right, right. But, but guess what? It's kind of hard not to tell somebody when they're in the coffin because right. they died from their relapse. Right. And you and I both know people that have done that. Yep. So, you know, people that are soft on relapse, I get it. I'm not, I'm not trying to beat anybody up. But I'm just trying to say relapse is a very serious thing. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, and, and, and nobody's immune to it. I mean, you know, I sit here, like you said, oh, you're the relapse king and I'm not. Hold on a second. That's today. As of today, that's my story. That's not, I have to work on preparing my story for tomorrow. I, I, I'm not immune to a relapse, man. It's cunning, baffling, and powerful, as the, as the steps say. I still have thoughts. I mean, I think I shared this the other day. Maybe I didn't, but I I had a notion the other day when I woke up that I was not hungover. And you want to know the wackiest thing? This is crazy brain talk. I said, I kind of missed that. No, that's what my brain said. Well, because I think there's parts of us. There's parts I mean, of I the brain. I mean, I didn't miss the party. I missed the hangover. How no, the sick chaos. is that? No, that's the, that's the chaos of it. And, and I think, you know, I, I think... You can be attracted to your illness. There's a guy years ago I knew that, that gambled, and, and he actually liked to lose. Oh. And he said, I, I said, why do you like to, why would you make that bet? You know you're going to lose. He goes, I love the feeling of losing. And I think it's right what you're saying. Mm -hmm. You love the feeling of being hungover at times. Right. It was you know? crazy, Glenn. I know. And, 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 hey, there's still times that I think about, that I still think about drinking. Yeah. I mean, honestly. I just don't. Yeah, right. right. But, but I don't because I do stuff, so I don't. Right. But I'm telling you, my life right now is insanely busy. And, and uh -huh. if, if you don't pay attention, if you don't have people around you, right, that are watching you, you know, I mean, I, I found I actually went a week without a meeting. And I don't think I've done that. I, I might have in the last, year, last five years, I might have done it four times. Mm -hmm. And I was on vacation all those right. four times. And but I was just going through life, and I'm like, Glenn, what are you doing, man? I started right. immediately jumping back on meetings, right, right. You know, and and because I know what I know is from those people that you reference, mm -hmm. you know, with eight years or four years or fifteen right. years, whatever. What what I know about their relapse, almost a hundred percent of the time, is I stopped going to meetings. Right. That was like a precursor, or right. that was a common theme. Right. So, I mean, I have gone to meetings and I've drank. Mm -hmm. Right, but what I know about those people, and I don't want to be one of those people. Yeah. So, you know, I I, I don't know. I think, you know, I I think our topic <clears throat> was supposed to be um, sobriety is a superpower, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what we came into the coffee with, right? Right. Which you know, I I believe sobriety is a superpower. I have done it gets more you up and down the summit. Yeah, I have done a lot of great things in my life. But in sobriety, being sober, I am doing. I am putting them to shame. Right. The, the stuff I'm doing, and I'm not looking. To, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying. I mean, anything from taking the trash out, you know, without expecting an attaboy. I mean, 
my entire life, I wanted to pat on the back. I wanted you to recognize that I took the trash out and, mm-hmm. and say, oh, Glenn, good job. But these are the things you learned climbing up the mountain. Step the, by step. Then these are the things that you take with you and as you're coming down the mountain. Yeah, I think I think you know, sobriety is a journey. And, you know, I, I watch those people who climb Everest, and there's something inside them that is a superpower. When you have to fight every step. I mean, there's, there's times they will spend, I, I forget the names of, of each one, but towards the end, like that last 16 hours, you go 800 feet. I mean, can you imagine that? No, that's crazy. And, and every step is belaboring. Yeah. I mean, you're sucking oxygen and you're making sure you're all tied in. And, and, and hey, you know, if, if you want to use, if you want to make this episode about Everest, right, let's, let's really focus in on who is the success of Everest. Is it the person who has the North Face, you know, 50 below zero coat on with the oxygen mask and, you know, climbing step by step? I mean, I think that's kind of cool, but I'm telling you, they will would not be able to do that without those Sherpas. Mm. Without the people that go before them mm-hmm. and put those tie rods in the ground to blaze the path, and they're the folks from Nepal, who the Sherpas who go up, and they go up every year, and they set the trail for the people to follow. I love that. So if you want to, and, and I'm telling you, you can say whatever you want about the guy, and, and, and there's a lot to be said about the guys that climb Everest. Right. That, that's sure. a win. That yeah. is a win. Right. But I'm telling you, they would not be able to do it without the Sherpas who blazed the path and prepped the path. Like, for that's example, awesome, you need yeah. a lot of oxygen, right? Right. Who takes, the ox- who takes those 16 tanks of oxygen up there and strategically places them in the mountain so when you need to get there and you need oxygen, the oxygen's there? They got oxygen just on the mountain? Oh, absolutely. It's rare to go to Everest without tanks of oxygen. Huh. It, I, there's only a handful of people that have, have scaled Everest without oxygen. Do you scale alone or do you scale with a team? So you always scale with a team. Uh, but the point I'm making about the Sherpas yes. is the Sherpas carry on their backs like mules. They, they yes. carry supplies wow. and they strategically place them up on the mat, including these 16 tanks of oxygen right. that you need to live. Right. So if we want to make this episode about Everest, I think those Sherpas are sponsors. Okay. Because my sponsor knew enough about climbing Everest that he knew, hey, Glenn's at this mark. Glenn's going to need this, right? Mikey's going to need this, and they 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 read Glenn and where Glenn's at, right? And they said, Glenn, you know what? You shouldn't, because there's a lot of acclimation, right? You go up and down and up and down to get your lungs and, and, and right. your brain ready for less oxygen, and and sometimes the Sherpa says no, or or the guide says no. You stay in camp today. You stay at the lower level of camp, you will benefit from just staying at the lower level today and hanging out. And you're like, oh, I want to go. I'm ready. I want to charge. You know, but the people that know better and can read the label on your jar, we've said a a lot, right? Right. So I don't know, man. One more more thing. I love this this analogy. Yeah, let me back up to 
you go with the team. I mean, do people go by themselves? No. no. Okay. I think the Listen, people. Well, no, isn't I, that- I, I, I will say this. What there are people. So everybody goes as a team. Okay. At base camp. Okay. But there are people, and I love this that you pointed that out, because there are people who say, you know what, I don't, I want to go at a different pace than my team. Right. I'm going to go out ahead of my team. How does that work out? You know what, I don't know what the percentage is, but normally they're dead. Normally their team walks past because you actually do this. You actually walk past the dead bodies as you go on, and I really believe that the people that go by themselves, they get walked around. Isn't that, I mean, what a beautiful story because that is. The, That's where they say, I've got this. You know, I got guys, we check in uh, in the morning and at any time between four and six o'clock in the morning. And it's just a quick check-in. Maybe it's a little, but it's just a check-in. Those, These are my guys climbing the mountain with me. The people in the meetings are my guys. This podcast are my guys. The community of Sober Doc Coffee, they're my guys. They're 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 the reason I'm not jerking ahead or falling behind. I'm with the team. I love it. Good stuff, man. Love it, man. So maybe we change this from superpower to Everest. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I don't think we said the word superpower except in the. Yeah, but oh, here's what I here, here's what I've learned about the Everest shows yeah. um, and about sobriety. Um, because there's a lot of people that can recite the big book. It's not what you know. It's what you do. Love it. A lot of people that know a lot of stuff and they're in the casket because they relapsed and died. It's not what you know. They got it's com- what you do. They got complacent. They took their eye off the ball coming down the mountain. So I love doing this with you, man. And I love, you know, it's, it's all casual and fun coming in the coffee shop, man. But some of these episodes are, are real stuff. And, yeah. and I just love, it just reinforces for me and for others, you know, about living on the sober path. Yeah. So let's keep doing it. Love you, man. Love you, man. Thanks for the coffee. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks for joining us for today's coffee chat. To contact the show, email us at podcast at sober.coffee. If you need immediate help, the AA hotline is 800 800- 839-1686. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their own journey on the path to recovery. Any suggestions, medical or otherwise, are their own experiences and should not be viewed as professional advice. See you next week, and remember, there is a solution.